in the name of Jesus, oh, how we thank you for this time of fellowship around your word. We thank you for Jesus, that he's our high priest and that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Thank you for your word. Your word is never void of power, and you always confirm the word with signs following. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, our teacher and our guide, and we believe that he will manifest himself as the teacher, causing the complex to be made simple. That is our prayer. And Lord, since you know us name by name and situation by situation, it is with great confidence that we believe that you will tailor this word for every individual, every family. That is our prayer. So in advance, we give you alone the praise, the glory, the honor and adoration for all that shall be accomplished, all that shall be revealed in Jesus' name. And the people said, and the people shouted, and they shouted like they really meant it. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You may be seated. How happy we are to be here today and uh, to be a part of this. Let's uh, let's give honor to uh, the man of God in his absence. <clears throat> I have many sons, and this is one of my sons, in whom I'm well pleased. Amen. And so we are so delighted, you know, that he's on vacation. And you, if you got, if you watch social media. He, first lady, just living their best life right now. And I mean, just doing it up. So, uh, ain't nobody mad but the devil. And he wasn't going to be happy no way. So we all, we all good. Amen. Well, Lady B is with me today. Lady B, won't you stand? Amen. Y'all know whenever y'all see me, just keep looking because she's got to be somewhere close behind. Amen. I got married one day. I got installed in my church the next day. So she's been a first lady all these years. Forty, how many lady be? Forty-eight years. Praise the Lord. Y'all give me a hand clap for putting up with her for 48. Somebody give her a hand. <laughs> yes, indeed. So uh, this is a wonderful ride that we I haven't. Our ride of faith is just amazing. So let's give the streaming people another hand clap. Let's do that for them joining us. We had a good class this morning, and I just believe y'all just going to be a better class. I just do. I believe y'all going to be a better class. Hey, amen, amen. I want to do something before we get started. So I need heads bowed, eyes are closed, and believers are praying. We believe that God sends people uh, to church, and especially this place, who are searching for answers, who are searching. Uh, and so I want to set myself in agreement and pray for you before I get started. Now, what am I going to pray? I'm going to pray for several uh, different appeals or spiritual needs. You may say, <clears throat> man of God, Include me in the prayer because I'm not a Christian, but I want to be. I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God. I really don't know for sure if I would die, took my last breath. I don't know that I would go to heaven, but I want to know. Well, listen, I want to pray for you right where you are. Not going to embarrass you or anything like that, but I do want to know who I'm praying for. And so I'm going to, I'm going to make the appeal again. 
Man of God, include me in the prayer. Not a Christian, but I want to be. Not right with God, but I want to be right with God. I just want to know for sure that if I died, I could go to heaven. So as you're praying for others, would you include me in that prayer? Would you just slip your hand up quickly right where you are? All over the auditorium. You got to forget about the person on the left-hand side, the person on the right-hand side. You got to understand this is a moment of choice and time between you and God. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. There's another hand over here. Thank you. Yeah, ushers, help me. There's another hand. Anybody else by the uplifted hand? There's another hand. Thank you. Man of God, include me in the prayer. I'm not a Christian, but I want to be. Not, I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God. And I just want to know for sure that if I took my last breath, if I died, I'd go to heaven. So as you're praying for others, include me in the prayer. Thank you so much. By the uplifted hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Now, I will see your hand, but more importantly, heaven records the moment. There's another hand. Anybody else? There's another hand. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, as I said, you got to forget about everybody around you. This is a moment of choice in time between you and God. He's just using me as his spokesperson. Here's the next appeal. You said, man of God, include me in the prayer today because I need to rededicate my life back to God. You know, as we live out our Christian lives, many times we stray, we get off track. And then there's that moment in time when we know we need to get back on track. And perhaps that's why you're here today. I want to pray for you right where you are. You say, yes, man of God, include me in the prayer because I need to get back on track. I need to rededicate my life back to God. I need my passion back. I, I, I need my fire back. So as you're praying for others, include me in the prayer. Would you just slip your hand up quickly? I need to rededicate, need to get back on track. Amen. No shame in all of that. Now, this is not about shame or anything. This is about letting God know, yeah, God, that's me. Yeah, I see your hand, see your hand. Anybody else by the uplifted hand? There's another hand. Thank you, darling. There's another hand. Anybody else by the, yeah, there's another hand. Amen and amen and amen and amen. All right. I sense one more time. One more time. <clears throat> Include me in the prayer, man of God. I just need to rededicate. I need to get back on track. Now, this is what God does. When you rededicate, he don't put you at the back of the line. He, re- he puts you right back in line. So I wanted to let you know that. I want to, I want to pray for you. Who else am I sent to pray for? If, yes. Include me in the prayer. Slip your hand up quickly. Consistently, yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Anybody else? There's another. See, there's another. Anybody else? Yeah. Amen. All right. You may put your hands down. Here's the third appeal. Third appeal. And the third seeker would say, I want to be filled with the Spirit. Man of God, include me in the prayer. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You may be like I was. I grew up in a church culture that never taught me about being filled with the Holy Spirit in this dimension. And so I was already saved, already, you know, uh, preaching. And, uh, and, and I, another minister explained it to me and showed me that I could have strength and power given to me by being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I asked God to fill me with his spirit. He did change my life, change my ministry. It changed me. And so I'm sent to some, some today who will say, yes, I want everything that God says I need to live a victorious overcoming life. I want to be filled with the spirit. So I want to pray for you. Say, man of God, that's me. Include me in the prayer. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want everything God says I need to live a victorious, overcoming life. I'm not asking you to join the church. Listen, we have a separate appeal for that. Perfect, all right. With us, you get filled with the Spirit. Go back to your home church. Continue to work and serve there as you were doing before. But what's most important at all, what's most important is that you see this as this kingdom moment. And you say, yes, man of God, include me in the prayer. 
I want to be filled with the Spirit. Would you slip your hand up? Who am I sent to today? I want to be filled with the Spirit. See another hand? See another hand there? Yes. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's another hand. Thank you. That's another hand. Thank you. Amen. And amen and amen. All right. You may put your hands down. Here's the final appeal. <clears throat> you say, I need church membership. Yes, because that's the order of God. That we live out our Christian commitment in a local church. Don't let anybody tell you you don't have to be a member of a church. That's not the, that's not scriptural. The Bible says even the apostles, when they traveled from one place to another, they joined themselves to the believers in that new location. So listen, you need church membership. You need a church that's going to teach you the things of God. And this is a great church. I wouldn't be here if I was not endorsing the ministry of this church. I know this pastor. He'll teach you how to use your faith. He'll teach you how to become victorious in life, overcome your challenges. This is a good place. But maybe you're searching. Say, I just need to know for sure. I just I need a church home. I need to know for sure. Man of God, include me in that prayer today because I'm in search. And I need to know for sure. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Include me in the prayer. I need a church home. And as you're praying for others, include me in the prayer. I see your hand here. There's another hand. Anybody else? By the uplifted hand. By the uplifted hand. There's another hand. Thank you so much. Yes. Amen and amen. All right. You may put your hands down. Now, <clears throat> while heads are still bowed, eyes are closed. If you raised your hand on any one of those appeals, quickly now, just lift your head and look this way. If you raised your hand, I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. I'm going to call you out. I just want to know. Yeah, I want to make some eye contact with you before I pray as I promised I would. Thank you so much. Now, I'm a minister who believes in explaining things to you because I believe if I will explain things to you, you'll have sufficient information to make whatever decisions that I will ask you to make. Now, if you raised your hand, your head ought to be lifted, your eyes ought to be focused this way. Now, maybe you didn't raise your hand because I moved on before you had that opportunity or you were still, you know, deliberating. You may still join us now by lifting your head and just looking this way. Thank you so much. Now, <clears throat> I'm a man of God who believes in explaining things to you because I believe that if I will explain things to you, you'll have sufficient information to make whatever decisions that I'll ask you to make. Well, what decision am I going to ask you to make? Well, God's given us a method here to meet the spiritual needs of people who come. And I... I need your cooperation with that method. Well, what is the method? I'm going to teach for about 30, 35 minutes. And then following that, I will ask you to do something. We have a private area that I want you to go to. person will escort you there, give you the free information we have for you, answer your questions. We'll do our part so you leave here with your spiritual need met. Nothing strange, nothing weird, nothing funny, nothing off is going to happen to you. Nobody's going to sprinkle anything on you, spin you around. We don't do weird things here. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I will need your cooperation because at the end of the message, I got after end of the message and I carry out my assignment. Then right before we dismiss, I'm going to ask all of you who raised your hand or had a witness of heart. I'll ask you at that time to gather your purse, Bible books, personal belongings. And I will ask you to come forward, bringing those items with you. And you'll simply stand right in front of the platform facing this direction. I will not put a microphone in front of you. I will not ask you for a testimony. I will not do anything like that. This gathering in front of the auditorium is so at the altar here is so that in a very organized fashion, I can get you quickly to the area that I told you about. They'll give the information we have for you. We'll do our part so you leave here with your spiritual need met. Now, why am I going to pray? I'm going to pray because the devil will offer you every excuse imaginable to try to keep you from this kingdom moment. But I want to tell you, listen, <clears throat> don't let anything keep you from the moment. 
Now, uh, you have relatives or somebody, friends that come with you. Listen, we're not going to keep you long. So they won't have long to wait. So there's no excuse. So I'm going to be praying that when I ask you to come forward boldly, you gather your purse, Bible books, your purse belongings, and you'll come forward and you'll leave here with your spiritual need met. Now, I believe your decision will last a lifetime. Therefore, I'm very comfortable it'll last the next few moments. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk to you. And remember, at the close of the service, I'm going to ask you to follow through. And and if you will do that, you're going to see a change in your life. Thank you so much. Now let's pray. Heads about. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for these precious people for whom our Lord Jesus died. And I thank you through the raising of their hands and witness of heart, they've expressed a spiritual desire need that can and will be met. And I thank you, Father, when I ask them to come forward boldly, they will gather their purse, Bible, books, personal belongings, and they'll come forward. And they will leave here today with their spiritual need met. You are the Lord of the harvest. And none of this harvest is lost in Jesus' name. And the people said, and the people shouted, and they shouted like they really meant it. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, turn with me, Bibles, to Romans, the fourth chapter. Romans, the fourth chapter. <clears throat> and if you uh, have your uh, have your Bible, you can follow along with us. If you have an electronic device, you may, may follow along with us. I love technology because technology allows us to put the, uh, the things on the screen, the scriptures on the screen. And many times I'll turn around and read them off the screen. <clears throat> Those of you who are watching, I want you to pay close, close attention to everything so that you'll get the maximum benefit from this experience. Um, <clears throat> it is really, really important that you focus on this. This has the potential of, of changing your life. Amen? All right. Now, Romans chapter 4. As it is written, I have made thee a father uh, of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, let's go. Now, I heard the man explain earlier. These mics are for you. You Got it? Because the people out there in streaming land need to hear you. This is interactive. Okay, so when we're going to say something, we're going to say something like we mean it. And we're going to remember we got mics. Okay, let's, let's try it again. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him, uh, uh, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. All right, says, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. All right, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, who is about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Watch this. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to, to perform. All right. Now, here's our subject. Attacking the facts with faith. Attacking the facts with faith. Can you say that? Attacking. The facts with faith. All right. <clears throat> or, or you could, you, if you, you don't like that subject, I don't mind. I don't mind. You don't like this subject. Overcoming the facts with faith. Yeah, yeah. Now you take whatever one you like. I'm fine. I ain't no problem. Okay. Now let, let's do it this way. 
attacking the facts with my faith. All right, that's good. That's good. All right. I knew y'all were going to be a smarter class than other people. Don't tell them I said them. <clears throat> now, in 1980, uh, I'm 28 years old, and uh, I'm in a very strange place in my life in Christ and my life in general. I'm in a little raggedy, run-down building. Time for the building. I'm in a little raggedy, run-down building. That's my church. I have come out of a church fight, and uh, <clears throat> I've been 18 years in ministry, and I'm in a very depressed state. Uh, <clears throat> things are not looking for me, looking good for me at all. I'm ready to go back to work because by trade, I'm a, I was a system analyst, and God said no. He says, I am going to teach you how to trust me. I'm going to teach you how to live by faith. I told God, I don't want to know. I don't want to do that. I want to do that. Let me go back to work. I know how to make money. You follow me. I don't want to do that. I preach for you on the weekend. But, you know, during Monday, you know, Monday through Fridays, and I'm, I, okay. He said, no. <clears throat> I've always been able to hear the voice of God since, since I was a little boy. I got called to preach at nine. I preached my first sermon when I was ten. They made me wait a year because they wanted to make sure that I was serious. You know, nine-year-old kids uh, talking about he didn't heard God and he didn't seen angels, so they're going, ooh, okay. So <clears throat> after one year, I preached my first sermon. I'm 70 years old now. <clears throat> I've been preaching 60 years. That's six decades. I think that little boy was serious. I really do. All right. Now, so um, I've been, I heard his voice. So I was an unwilling, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really uh, an excited student. You know, I was kind of, you know, okay, God, that's what you want to do. All right. So I didn't have any revelation on kingdom prosperity. I thought I was going to be broke the rest of my life. So when people try to say, oh, you just serving God for your foot to be, I, I know you're lying. I served him broke a long time. I didn't even know you get prosper, you get me prosperous. So <clears throat> here I am, and I'm faced with facts. The fact was I had this little raggedy church. The facts were I, I didn't have 50 members. I had 50 borrowed chairs, and most of them were empty on a Sunday morning. <laughs> my marriage is a fact me and Bridget wasn't getting along <clears throat> amen so I had all these negative facts follow me and God is telling me all these great things he's going to do but the facts were the voice of the facts were outweighing the voice of God and God began he showed me this scripture and it really began to open things up for me because here we see Abraham understanding the facts. The fact was his body was old. Sarah's body was old. They were not sexually active at all. And what God had promised them he was going to do, they'd never seen it done before as it were. Okay? <clears throat> and so the Bible says he considered not, that's the key, that we don't, ignore we, we don't ignore facts we don't deny facts like oh that's not no 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 that's the fact was real but we attack facts with faith because facts are subject to change all right <clears throat> now I, I i'm i'm as a as a system analyst i've been trained to think a certain way 
So when I'm trying to understand faith, I'm going, I'm trying to say, all right, am I supposed to act like the facts don't exist? Am I supposed to be in denial of the facts? And that bothered me because that sounded like some, some fanaticism. You understand? Okay. But what God began to show me is that the believer like Abraham, the father of faith, must be willing to consider not the facts in determining the outcome of their lives because we attack facts with our faith. There are some facts that you're facing right now. Amen. And if you don't know how to properly deal with them, they will shut down your faith and you will not have what God wants you to have. Amen and amen. So as we read through the Bible, we can see how faith attacks facts. All right. It was a fact that blind Bartimaeus was blind. It was a fact that the lame man was crippled for years. It was a fact that the woman's daughter was vexed by the devil. It was a fact that Lazarus had been dead four days. It was a fact that the woman with the issue of blood had this blood disorder that had been validated by the doctors. It was a fact that they only have two fish and five barley loaves and Jesus is telling them to feed thousands. It was a fact. All throughout the Bible, you can see faith attacking facts. Amen. Now, Three simple points. Point number one is the dynamic existence of negative facts. Oh, I love that. See, you can take a picture if you want to. <clears throat> you know, because you know, you're not writing, you might want to go, pow, it's okay, no problem. Listen, the dynamic existence of negative facts. Then the second point is the directive to establish new facts. Everybody say new facts. <clears throat> and then the final point will be the discipline efforts of now faith. If I say that the discipline, efforts of now faith. All right. Now, since you're all such a good class, I'm going to just, I'm going to just give you a summary of what we're going, where we're going with this. First thing we're going to talk about is we're going to establish and look at negative facts are there. We're not, we're not in some la la land where we're going to say, oh, God, no, no. We're saying, okay, yeah, that's real. And then what we're going to look at, we're going to look at that we've been directed to change them. Okay, I thought y'all would get that. We've been directed to attack negative facts with our faith. Okay, and when we do so, we will produce new facts. Okay, and we're going to do that through the efforts of now faith. Now, discipline is enforced obedience. Everybody say enforced <coughs> obedience. Now, that means I don't have to feel like it. That means, <laughs> how many of y'all exercise? You know, y'all, you know, real like to exercise. Come on, eh, come on, come on. Eh, eh. God bless y'all. God bless all y'all. <clears throat> now, 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 some of y'all, you'll admit, you don't always feel like it. But you want the results. That's what discipline is about. Discipline is, I'm going to do what I need to do. Not always because I feel like it, but because I want the results. All right? Now, so let's look at this first point. This first point is about negative facts. Let's put the definition of negative facts up there. And that is a negative fact refers to 
<clears throat> those established evidential facts that are contrary to the express will of God and are subject to change. It's saying, okay, what I'm looking at is real. What I'm looking at, it's true. What I'm looking at is a natural fact. However, this natural negative fact is subject to change. See, unless I have developed this mindset of approaching and attacking facts, facts will intimidate me. So it's a renewing of the mind. So that's what God taught me there, that I had to get my mind renewed as it relates to dealing with the negative facts that I was facing. So in Romans chapter 12, I like the latter part of that. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the what? renewing of the mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. So I had to get my mind renewed so I could be able, like Abraham, to consider not the facts so that the facts would not interfere with my faith. So I could change every negative fact with my faith. All right. So now when we look at the life of Jesus or when we look at all throughout the Bible and then when we look at our situations, we understand facts can change. Okay. Illustration. Go to the doctor. They take an x-ray. On the x-ray, they find a spot. Doctor come tells you, here's the x-ray. Here's the spot on your x-ray and that's a fact all right but now you come to church believers pray for you pastor lays hand on you they go back and take another x-ray and there's no spot anymore so what was a negative fact has now been changed okay now we got to take that and understand for every negative fact that I am facing, that you are facing, it is subject to change. Now, the mind has to be renewed simply because uh, facts can be intimidating. Now, I call them illegitimate facts. Everybody say illegitimate. It's illegitimate because it's not the express will of God for my life. Amen. So then, sickness and disease, because that's not the express will of God for my life, well, how do I know that? Because that's what the Word of God says. That God says, no, He doesn't want me sick. He doesn't want me full of disease. Healing is the will of God for my life. So sickness and disease is a negative fact. Everybody say negative fact. All right, worry and anxiety. I'm not supposed to be worried and anxious and all of that. So it is a negative fact. Poverty, oh my God, poverty situations and lack situations, that is not the will of God for my life. That is a negative. All right, oppression, depression, emotional instability, that is not the will of God for my life. It is a negative fact. All right, relationship trauma, it is not the will of God for my life. Therefore, it is a amen. Financial shortages. Not enough. That is not the will of God for my life. It is a what? It's a negative fact. Amen. Now, now negative facts can be intimidating. They can be because you've been trained, taught, conditioned to respect the fact. 
been trained. Oh, no. And, and so the mind has to be reconditioned, renewed, so that facts don't intimidate you. Amen and amen. Why? Because, watch this, negative facts seem to establish impossibilities, but we know nothing's impossible for God. <laughs> amen and amen. So I understand I've been trained religiously and I've been trained by the society to really respect the fact. One time I was talking to this pastor and uh, it's years ago. If I say years ago, years ago, you know, I'm talking to this pastor and I, you know, so I'm getting the word understanding prosperity, understanding everything. And I, you know, we were looking at the scripture that, uh, that says, you know, uh, that it's the will of God for us to prosper. You'll prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. This is the pastor I'm talking to. And I showed him that. He says, oh man, that's just a scripture. No, 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 he didn't believe it. No, he, it was in the Bible, but he was so religious that he couldn't see it. He, oh man, that's just a scripture. I'm going, no, 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 no. That's not the scripture. That's the will of God. But in his thinking, negative facts totally overrule that because, you know, I know folk who are sick. I know folk who are in poverty and they're good folk. They love the Lord. I'm not saying they don't. What I am saying is that's not the will of God for their lives. And you have to understand, that's not the will of God for my life. Now, back then in 1990 and I'm a little raggedy building, y'all, I didn't know everything I know now. I didn't. I thought I was going to be broke the rest of my life. And I was saying, okay, God, you want to do a brother like that? (laughs) That's why when people say, you're just serving the Lord for money. I know they're lying. Because I served him broke a long time. Before I even knew that I could be prosperous. So what God had to do for me was so that I could understand his will would override every fact if I put my faith on it. I know I'm sent to somebody today who needs this. I, I know I am. I know I'm sent to somebody today. I like to call negative facts lying truths. What's a lying? Yeah, lying. It's true, but it's a lie. It's a lie when it comes to telling me that's going to be the will of God for my life. It's a lie to when it says to me, when I allow that fact, that negative fact to say to me, this is the way it's going to always be. And until I get that revelation, I cannot have joy in my present state. <laughs> now, <laughs> when I got the revelation... Listen, I got the revelation back then in the raggedy building. I, I don't have, I don't have 50 members. But Lady B and I had so much joy. Why? We knew those facts were changing. Oh, you ain't nobody happy with me. Anybody happy with me? See, when you got the revelation that your faith can change every negative thing you're facing. It'll change your money. It'll change your career. It'll change everything. Then watch this. 
since you've already seen the future, I mean the future on the canvas of your imagination and all those negative facts have been changed to new facts. Watch this. We shout right now. <laughs> Let's move on. Amen and amen. Look how smart you are. Oh, yes. I told you, y'all smaller than another class. All right, watch this. <clears throat> now, let's look at the directive to establish new facts. We've been directed in Scripture and by God to change those negative facts. Amen. Abraham was instructed by God to change the facts. <laughs> Amen. But not to change them without the help of God, because the Bible says he believed that God was able. Mm. That he believed he was a, he was fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, he was able to perform it. And that's what you have to do. I had to do it back then. That I had to believe. Now God, and here's the problem. We want to figure out how God going to do it. That's, 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 that's what shut you down. That shut you down is, we got to figure this out. God never told you to do that. Everybody say, leave the how to him. Now see, that's got to, got to marinate in you. Because normally the way we think, we think God ought to do it, he ain't going to do it that way. No. He's not limited to do it. He didn't ask you. Now, let me give you an illustration. Come on, I'm not putting anybody down. But see, back then, I'm saying, okay, God, if you just give me 300 members, that's what I need. I just need 300 members. Now, where I get that from? I got that from my culture. Because in the culture, a church that was 300 strong was a great church. Church that was 300 strong could give a pastor a pretty good living. So I'm saying, okay, God, just give me the 300. God said, where you get that from? He's saying, you don't work for them. You work for me. Watch this. And I can afford your dreams. I don't think you heard that. Somebody woke up on that one. Watch this. I'm in a little raggedy building and God says, if you don't count the people, you will not be limited to the people you count. What is God telling me? God is telling me then to defy the facts. <laughs> and later being, I start prospering in a little building, in a little raggedy building. What? We begin to prosper right there. Now, I heard what you just said. Every time I put it up there and I tell people we prosper, you coming out, you should have fixed that building. You can't fix that. You got to move. You got to move. Come on, you can't fix that. You can't fix that. Now, watch this. I want you to get this now. From that little raggedy building to us going on television was a little less than three years. I don't think you heard that. I don't think you heard that. I'm not talking about going on streaming. I'm talking about going on a major station in Houston, Texas. Because we defied the facts. All right? 
Because one guy said, you can't go on television. You don't have enough members. I said, I thought you said God put you on television. Well, if God put you on television and all your members, he put me on television with no members. Watch this. What, what is that about? That is about defying the facts. And you all are faced, many of you all are faced with some serious facts. Health, health-wise, you know, you know, career-wise, financially. And if you don't watch it, those facts will out-talk your faith in God. All right, watch this, watch this. We have a director, directive from God to change facts, negative facts, so that we have new facts. Everybody say new facts. Right, let's put the new facts uh, definition up, up, up there now. A new fact refers to evidential transformed state of a previous negative situation that was contrary to the will of God. What am I saying? I'm saying the new fact is and a negative fact that has been changed. Okay. Y'all got real slow on me there. Y'all went slow. Y'all got real slow. <clears throat> so this term new fact is that this, okay, all right. Take the x-ray situation. Old fact, negative fact, spot on the lung. After prayer, after being hands and being laid on, after faith, I got a new fact. Same lung, but been transformed. Got it? Now, why is this important? Because those those negative facts will talk you out of faith. All right? So negative facts will keep you, they, they will intimidate you. But God is saying to us, go and lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. What is he saying? Change that. Change that negative fact. All right? He's saying, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. What is he saying? Change that broke fact. Amen. Let your joy be filled. Full. What is he saying? Change that old negative factor of oppression. And, and all. he's saying we have a direct. Now, how are we to do that? We're empowered by God to do so. Everybody say we're empowered by God to do so. Yeah, I can do through who. So that means I ought to be able to change some negative facts. Now, when you think about it in your own life, those of you who are believers, you can think about something in your life that at one time was negative and over a process of time using your faith, you got a new fact. I submit to you, I believe that since you've been at this church, you can look and say, mm-hmm, I got some new facts. Oh, preach, oh, 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 saints used to say it like this. I came to Jesus as I was. Weary, wounded, sad. Everybody say negative fact. But I got the new fact now. I found in him a resting place and he has made me glad. Am I helping anybody today? Because the reality is I'm supposed to face down my negative facts and I'm supposed to see them change through the operation of my faith. (laughs) 
amen and amen. Now, okay. So, I changed facts through, watch this, facts concerning my well-being. I changed them. I got it. If I, if I came emotionally stressed out, I can get the peace of God. I changed negative facts concerning my wellness. Got it? It's the will of God for me to walk in health and wholeness. Amen. I changed facts concerning my wealth. If I'm broke, that ain't the will of God. Amen. I'm supposed, yeah, it's so, it's so funny. It's so funny. Because when I got the revelation, I started telling everybody how blessed I was going to be. And they said, that boy lost his mind. Because the religious group I'm in, culture I'm in, they don't know nothing about that. They go, you gonna, he gonna, he told me he gonna be a blessed preacher. Hear you? The pressure done got to him. That's what it is. The pressure. The pressure got to him. <laughs> Listen. What I'm trying to get you to see, and I believe the Spirit of God is doing it today. Because to walk in any truth, you got to have four things. Number one, you have to have a revelation. That's an understanding of that truth at the level of your comprehension. That's why I try to be real simple when I, in all I teach you. That's what I love about your past. It's very simple. Number two, what I need is a role model. I need to see that truth lived out in the life of another. That's why I give testimonies. Number three, I need a regimen of faith, a systematic way of applying God's word in my life so I get results. And then number four, I need a righteous resolve, a godly reason for that word working in my life. Amen. Amen. Now, to the degree I have all four of them, I can now begin to attack. Everybody say attack. Attack facts. Now, Hebrews 11 and 1. Ooh, you're such a happy. I'm just so happy y'all are such a smart class. <clears throat> Hebrews 11 and 1, because we're now dealing with the disciplined efforts of now faith. Everybody say now faith. Now, I call it now faith. The Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, <clears throat> uh, for by it the elders obtain a good report. All right? Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of which. All right, now what that's saying is everything you see was made from something. But what it was made from was not already here in manifestation in the earth. It was in the spirit realm first before it was manifested in the natural realm. Now faith believes that it exists and that the transfer is being made. <laughs> you got to go back and listen to that one. Yeah. See, now faith, I mean, when I say now faith, I know how I'm reading the scripture. I'm saying your faith, now faith believes right now. I'm not going to believe it when I see a sign. No, I believe right now that my faith is causing a transformation in the negative facts that I'm dealing with. And it's just a matter of time before it manifests. Yeah. 
a champion uh, puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle uh, champion was being interviewed. And everybody wondered in the interview, why are you so cool in the contest? When y'all, when you're in the competition, you seem to be so cool. And the uh, champion uh, puzzle, jigsaw puzzle champion says, oh, that's easy. It says, number one, I believe that the picture on the box truly depicts what it's going to look like when all the parts come together. Secondly, I believe all the parts are in the box. Thirdly, I believe every part fits at a certain point. And then finally, I believe if you just give me enough time, I'll figure it out. See, you know, because, you know, when you, when you look at people like your pastor, me, and others, we make this faith thing look so easy. I mean, you, you got a cool pastor. Pastor's cool. He's real cool. He got it, he got it for me. Now watch this, watch it, watch it, watch it. And it's simply because I believe that the picture I see in the Bible of the believer, I believe that's true. Secondly, I believe that God put every principle in the Bible I need to produce that picture. Thirdly, see, y'all are so much smarter than another class. I didn't even talk about this then. Amen. Y'all know it didn't come up. Thirdly, I believe that every principle fits. Watch this. And I believe, just give me enough time. Just give me enough time. Ha! Okay. All right. So watch this. You and I have to be pushed beyond, watch this, I have to be pushed beyond the barrier of negative facts to produce new facts. Amen? Everybody say pushed. So that's what happens to Jesus at Jairus' situation. You know, the fact was the, the girl was, the girl was, you know, was, was sick when she, when Jesus first comes on the scene. And, um, and so, you know, lay with the issue of blood. She took a long time getting up testimony. And so, uh, y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all know that? No, they're on the way. Jesus is on the way to Jairus' house. And this lady touched him, got healed. And then Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? And then she started testifying. And you know, ladies, how y'all do. Y'all just can't get to the point. Y'all got to go all around the mountain, you understand? So why she going all around the mountain about the doctor, how long she been in it? Then somebody come up to the doctor and say, listen, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. Fact. Everybody say negative fact. Now, what is Jesus' response? Jesus says, you keep believing. You keep believing. See, see, that's the key. Because Jesus did not want the negative fact to smother his faith so that there would not be a new fact. And a new fact occurred at Jairus' house when that girl got raised from the dead. All right, now faith, now faith. So Jesus teaches us now faith when he teaches systematic faith in Mark chapter 11. 
Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall what? You shall have them. Now, so there is a position, watch this, of what now faith looks like. Now faith, watch this, now faith uh, is about a now consecration. Consecration is this is the way I'm going to live. And you have to decide that I'm going to live by faith. I had to do that in the little raggedy building. Now faith, watch this, uh, considers not, watch this, it considers not the circumstances, but it considers the power of God. Now faith, watch this, is about a collaboration. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get the mind of God on my situation. And now faith is about confession. I'm going to confess the word of God for a now fact. Now faith has, has, has about, it's about having this confidence in God, having courage, and watch this, and celebrating in advance. Everybody say celebrating in advance. Now, so I had a situation uh, years ago uh, when I'm in a little raggedy building. God's teaching me this. And then God told me to release my faith for a new car. Now, people were saying, I'm teaching faith. They said, well, you're a pastor. has so much faith. Why are you driving an old raggedy car? And my car at that time was terrible. Uh, they, they nicknamed it the bomb because they said that thing going to blow up at any time. That was it. So, but that's okay. So I'm standing in church one day and God speaks to me and says, tell the people next Sunday you'll have a new car. I said it before I thought about it. And then when I came to myself, I went, now how that's going to happen? I had no cash. I had no credit. And I had no consistent income. But because God said it, it was the will of God for my life. Watch this. He's teaching me this. But now, you know, we don't always listen to God. We always come. We get the word, then we got to go on and on. So I put my little package together. I looked in the paper, and I saw banks that was lent that said they was going to lend money, and I went to them. All of them told me no. One, one banker, he picked the lint out of his clothes while I was talking. See <laughs> through? I said, yes, sir. He says, let me tell you something. You will never get a new car. You have no credit. You have no cash. And you do not have consistent income. Your best bet, young man, is to go to one of these used car lots. Where they write the price on the windshield. And you pay by the week. I was crushed. But all he was doing was... Reciting the facts. I go to God. I come back on, from him. Get on my knees at church. I say, God, you told me to announce that. You told me I'd have a new car by Sunday. I said, I went to all these banks. All of them turned me down. You know what God said to me? You never asked me which bank to go to. Okay. I'm fast learner. All right, God, which bank to go to? Now, I've been driving all over the city, and my favorite is about a mile and a half from my church. I get off my knees, and I go to that bank. I walk in the door. Now, he has he has testified to this. He came to the church and testified to it. Watch this. Because <clears throat> some of my testimonies, I wouldn't even believe them if I hadn't lived them. 
no, no. They're, they're so spectacular. If I hadn't lived them and I heard somebody saying, I go, oh, come on, man. I walk in the bank and the banker walks up to me and says, preacher, what can I do for you today? Long story short, he ends up financing the car. Never check my credit. Uh-huh. Some of us say, what? Never did. Amen. Amen. I didn't have any down payment. I'm telling you, your negative fact cannot stop God from moving. How is God going to move? I mean, I'm wrapping up and I'm wrapping up now. How is God going to move? See, confidence in God when I know the areas. I'm going to give you ten, I'm going to give you eight ways that God will move to change negative facts. Number one, through what I call angelic supernaturals. Angels going to work for you. Number two, yeah, and they put them on the screen. Number two, it will be through advantageous strategies. God will give you a strategy. Number three, it's going to be through assigned supporters. Everybody say assigned. Assigned supporters. God has already assigned someone to help you. Now, no, 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 no. See, if you really understood that, God has already assigned someone to help you. Now, at the beginning of the year, when the Lord gave me the prophetic word for this year, he said, now, son, you have to tell people to pray their help free. Huh? Pray them free. See, God's speaking to people, and many times it takes longer simply because people are disobedient. Okay. <clears throat> God had me believing for a clock one day. Clock, yeah, I know this. Not, you know, I know, but he wanted me. To, he's teaching me. He says, "Son, I want you to believe for a clock." What the time he told to believe for a clock? We didn't have no extra money, no way. So by the time we got the money, I said, "I'm going to buy a clock." He said, "I didn't tell you to buy a clock. I told you to believe for a clock." So we used to have uh, healing services on on Sunday nights, and we had uh, people would come and we pray for them. And this lady had this big gorda on her neck, and we prayed for her, and. Um, and, you know, after we prayed for it, there was no immediate sign, but we believed. And so um, <laughs> about maybe three weeks later, oh, I moved my stuff. What did I do? I'm good? Okay, okay, watch it. About three, about three weeks later, this lady comes back because we had testimony service. And she said, y'all remember me? And we go, no, I remember her. Because we prayed for so many people. I don't know she said, I'm the lady who had the gorda. And it went, oh yeah, it had shrunk to about the size of a quarter. Now, now, now watch this. She comes and she has this brown bag under her arm. And so after she testified and we shouted, she says, uh, um, um, can I give this church a clock? She said, the Lord told me three weeks ago. To buy a clock for this church. I bought it, but I've been riding it around in my car. See, the box all told She's trying to apologize and explain. This is really a new clock. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, see, I told her to buy it. But she procrastinated. She said, son, you have to pray people free. Who am I talking to today? 
Let's hurry up. Let's hurry up. All right, next one. All right. I'm believing for amazing supply. What I have is going to stretch. What's the next one? What's the next one? I'm believing for adversarial shifts. What the devil meant for evil, God's going to take it and use it for my good. I'm believing for the alleviation of struggle. What's going to happen is not going to be stressful, straining, or struggle. I am believing for the appropriation of strength. God's going to strengthen me for the moment because when I'm in faith, I'm believing for, watch this, a plan of action. I am believing for the wisdom of God. I am believing for the favor of God. Watch this. I'm believing for strength to endure until change comes. And then number eight, I'm believing for accelerated success. Everybody say it's not going to take long. Come on, say Come on, say it's not. Going to take long to see the manifestation of new facts in my life. Come on, let's, let's praise God for right that right now. Yeah. Story is told. Everybody say he's from the clothes for real now. He's in the clothes for real. <clears throat> and this is really a, t- a true story. <clears throat> Muhammad Ali's daughter. What's her name? Y'all know? Layla, yeah. <clears throat> you know, she was boxing. And uh, as a boxer, she was being interviewed after her career. And they were interviewing and she began to talk about one particular bout. She said in this particular bout, she was losing and losing bad. And she said she had already lost several rounds. And on the scorecard, she was way behind. And she said she went to her corner and uh, sat there on the stool between waiting for the next round. And as she sat there, she thought. And she said, I remembered who I was. And I remembered who my father was. My father was the greatest of all time. And I remembered I got his DNA in. And the next time the bell rung, I got up realizing I got his DNA. I got championship DNA in me. And she won the bout. When I heard that, I thought about it. Then I think every now and then we got to remind ourselves who our father is. <laughs> that we got championship DNA on the inside of us. And how dare the devil think he's going to whip us. Amen. Facts don't have the last word. My faith in God does. Facts did not have the last word at the Red Sea. Faith did. Facts did not have the last word when it came to the giant and David fighting. Faith did. Facts did not have the last word at the fiery furnace. Faith did. Facts did not have the last word in the lion's den. Faith did. I'm telling you, facts will not have the last word over your life. Faith will. It is no secret. Huh? <laughs> it 
It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he will do for you. Give the Lord a shout, Jesus. Father, we want to thank you today that this word has fallen on good ground. No longer will we be intimidated by facts. No longer, Father, we thank you, Lord. And now we understand that like Abraham, we consider not the facts, but we consider who you are, that you are our Father, and nothing is too hard for you. Therefore, we live in great expectation to see the transformation of the negative facts in our lives, to become new facts that glorify you. And so, Father, we call it done. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, would you be seated for just a moment? I have, I have two other things I need to do. N- number one, um, I prayed, I have an anointing on my life to stir up faith for favor. I oh, could have said amen better out than that. <laughs> what is favor? Favor is the willingness of others to use their power, their ability, and their influence to help you. Some have an anointing for, for healing. And after, you know, they minister, they, you know, they lay hands on the sick people, get saved. My anointing, and I didn't ask for it, God gave it to me. I'm able to stir up faith for favor. And you see favor move in your life. Amen. That's the anointing on my life. And so <clears throat> that's why many times in the kingdom of God, uh, when I'm called and I'm assigned to do something, that uh, you'll see me ask people to, to, to sow a seed. I, I, I do that simply because that's one of the protocols in the kingdom of God for the release of favor. And God many, many times tells me exactly what to do. And every time I've done it, it's in the house. Everybody says it's in the house. Yeah, it's in the house. But, and I don't make it up. I always listen to God. So, uh, listen to God this morning. God said, I want you to release your faith and have everybody believe for your catalyst gift. That's that group that just kind of jump starts the giving for everybody else. Uh, to believe for 200 people to give $200. Okay, you're supposed to say amen right there. That's all. Yeah. Now, if you don't have $200, God ain't talking to, God ain't not talking to you. Because, uh, 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 but, but you, I need your agreement. Now, it's for the church. It ain't for me. You know, over the, over the course of my ministry, I've waived multi-millions of dollars for the kingdom of God. We're not talking about for me. Okay? But here's what's, here's, God told me to, it's, gave me, you know, I asked God, well, God, what's so significant about 200? He says, cause I said it. Okay. So I've always obeyed God. And so that's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want to, if you, this bear with, bears witness with you. And we're calling it our affirmative action seed. Now, you know, people got all bent out of shape because they, the Supreme Court did away with most of the affirmative action. Like that's what we're depending on. There's an affirmative action agenda that God has. Nobody can stop. The favor that God has for you to change the negative facts in your life, nobody can stop it. Now, I just need you to be in agreement with me. My pastor didn't ask me to do it. You got it? You know, pastor just gave me liberty to do as God leads me. And this is how God leads me. So what I want you to do is we're going to receive this. We're going to do it quickly. We don't have to. We, we don't have to. And, you know, many times I'd ask people, you know, stand in your I've asked people for a thousand dollars, five thousand. And at one time I said, God told me to ask people for ten thousand dollars. 
I'm not asking you for 10,000. Don't look like that. Come on, quit. Don't look like that. I'm just giving history. But I, I, I think it was at Megafest. Or was it Megafest? Oh, yeah. Uh, on the last day, the Lord told me to ask for 10 people to give $10,000. 23 people came forward. <clears throat> I was at, 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 at another church, Crenshaw, um, several weeks ago. God told me to ask, how many people for, for 2000 Remember? Huh? 10 people and 33 people. It's always in the house. So God didn't tell me to ask y'all for thousands. I'm not going to do it. 2000 I mean 2000 200 200 Amen. It's going to this church. They'll put the ways to give on the screen uh, like they do always. Those of you who are watching, you're part of this as well. And what are we believing for? We are attacking some negative situations with our faith for favor. And we're going to watch God work. And they say, well, I don't have, I don't have 200. Well, God's not talking to you about a $200 seed, but he's talking to you about your best seed. Some of you will say, I don't have it now. I'm going to get part of my 200 now. I'm going to make sure I get it all in by whatever certain time you put in your heart to do. But follow through and watch God work. Amen. Ushers, now, would you come quickly? If somebody needs an envelope, the ushers will come real quickly and they'll give you an envelope.